This episode is a year in review, and what a year it has been. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. So with this episode, it will be a year in review for 2020 when it comes to taxes. I am going to start with the panel presentation that I will be a part of for the 2021 Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Grantee Conference, where I am part of a three-person panel doing a year in review. And then I am going to turn to a bit more of a personal year in review for the episode. So starting out, when it came to thinking about a year in review, I thought about joking that really not much happened during this year. It just seemed to be a bit of the same old, same old year. And I think that is definitely not the case for anyone that... Everyone has been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic in some kind of fashion, whether everyone listening that they may have been sick, they might know someone who has been sick or died from the pandemic. Certainly people have been affected by the different kinds of social distancing, and certainly there are businesses that have been shut down. Some people have been on unemployment. So whether there are big or small effects, I think all of us have been affected in some way by the pandemic. I, for example, my business, the nonprofit I work for, Kansas Legal Services, they have been, they started working remotely at the beginning of the pandemic We were back working in the office, and now we are again working remotely. So those have definitely been some shifts that I have had to make just for work in having my setup either at home or in the office in how I am working to get things done. So digging into the year in review panel presentation for the LITC conference. It is a three-person panel that first we have Lakeisha Thomas, who is the clinic director at Three Rivers Legal Services, the low-income taxpayer clinic. They are based out of Florida. That first she is giving a legislative update. So she is reviewing the CARES Act such as items like the Payroll Protection Program, Enhanced Unemployment Payments, and the additional charitable deductions, looking at Internal Revenue Code Section 6428 with the directions regarding the economic impact payments and other areas that have affected us with the tax season looking at Internal Revenue Code Section 7508A. This is the provision regarding what the Internal Revenue Service 
is allowed to do based on disasters, and she is going to go over portions of the Taxpayer First Act that were implemented as well. So I will be in the middle with administrative changes during the 2020 year. So I'm going to come back to that. But the third presenter will be Caleb Smith. He is the clinic director at the University of Minnesota Law School, low-income taxpayer clinic. He will be covering case law updates, specifically going over five cases in his section, Scholl v. Mnuchin, where they were challenging IRS FAQs and administrative law principles regarding the economic impact payments for incarcerated taxpayers, Fowler v. Commissioner, in determining when a return is filed, if the IRS rejects the e-filing submission, he states it is hugely important in reversing the IRS position that has been in place essentially as long as electronic filing has been in place. He is highlighting where litigation opportunities exist, particularly in challenging late filing penalties. Third is Sutherland v. Commissioner regarding the Taxpayer First Act provision in a tax court review of an innocent spouse case. It was a determinant that the Taxpayer First Act provision specifically applies for petitions filed after June 2019. So for those filed beforehand, the Taxpayer First Act provision does not apply. Fourth, Lander v. Commissioner a tax court decision on when a taxpayer can raise the underlying tax in a collection due process hearing, specifically looking at the definition of prior opportunity for the dispute. And last, Jacobson v. Commissioner, the tax court and the Seventh Circuit were reviewing the factors to weigh in innocent spouse relief. So like I mentioned, I am going in the middle that I am going over administrative updates that specifically applied to the IRS and the tax court. So first, I will start with the People First initiative when looking at the IRS, that the People First initiative was a series of activities that the IRS was suspending from April 1 to July 15. At this point, not too many apply and so to some degree, there is not too much to spend time on, but just noting that installment agreement payments were suspended and the IRS was not initiating new liens and levies during that period. So the IRS was providing relief to people during the pandemic by suspending various activities for that three and a half month period. Next, I am going over the taxpayer relief initiative from the IRS, that the IRS was initiating certain COVID-related collection procedures. For example, taxpayers owing less than $250,000 wanting an installment agreement may not need to submit a financial statement and may not have a notice of federal tax lien filed within their cases. Now, I will be going over those initiatives in more depth during my presentations, 
but I will be making note next on the IRS FAQs and the economic impact payments that my point will be that in the statutory language of the CARES Act, specifically Internal Revenue Code Section 6428, that there was no mention of decedents or prisoners within that code section. But in the spring of 2020, it appeared on the IRS website in the FAQs about the economic impact payments that decedents and prisoners, the policy changed so that they were no longer eligible for the economic impact payments. And the IRS was recommending that those people who received the payments should return the payments to the IRS. Now, this brought some pushback from the tax community for a couple reasons. For one, that the stance taken on the IRS website was a contradiction to what was in the statutory language. And for two, that by rolling it out in the IRS FAQs, that there is no notice and response period available with regard to what it says in the IRS FAQs. And the IRS FAQs are not held to the same standards as other IRS publications, such as those that go through the Federal Register or are held to other high standards by the IRS. As well, the IRS FAQs can be edited easily, that they are not available in the history of what is listed on the website. And so what is available through IRS FAQs is quite transitory. So specifically when it came to prisoners, there was legislation, specifically Shoal v. Mnuchin, that Caleb will be speaking about. And the legislation was successful in that it prompted the IRS to change their FAQ and allow prisoners to go through their process to receive economic impact payments before the November 2020 deadlines came in place. Next on the list, I will be talking about e-signatures and e-communications that currently the IRS is allowing electronic signatures to be submitted on various forms, and they are doing more emailing back and forth with the IRS. The IRS does do encryption when it comes to taxpayer information, but they are taking further steps to do electronic communications. As well, as I mentioned in a previous episode, the IRS is going through the process of doing a secure portal next year to allow people outside the IRS to submit Forms 2848 and 8821 to the IRS. They are also setting up what is called TaxPro Account 
to allow people to electronically sign third-party authorizations. Now, as well, I wanted to mention the tax court updates that some of these portions will be going over in other panels within the LITC conference. But with the tax court, now they are doing both settlement days, calendar calls, and trials. All of those have gone virtually, so I will be talking a little bit more about best practices. And then the tax court is converting to the Dawson system, docket access within a secure online network, that they are basically upgrading their case management system. This will allow taxpayers and practitioners more options when it comes to electronically filing with the tax court. That one change specifically will be that eventually there will be petitions that can be filed with the tax court electronically. No more need to be mailing petitions to the tax court. And so that is a broad overview of what I will be covering in the administrative portion of the year in review. So I wanted to turn back to what I am looking at for my personal year in review. So for 2020, with last year, I was trying to put in some goals of expanding the Collection Due Process Summit Initiative and to make more progress in my work with the Kansas Department of Revenue. So during 2020, I taught for Washburn Law School the first time, the tax procedure course. That took some time away from what I was doing, and so I had to focus on that. I felt it was a successful semester. I had six wonderful students who learned quite a bit about doing tax procedure, and they were impressed to learn what is involved in the low-income taxpayer clinic and especially the effects of tax issues on low-income individuals that I think they were a bit surprised about the public policy implications when it comes to poverty and tax in what we discussed about tax policy during the semester as well. So with that, and I did have to pivot during the semester from teaching in person the first half of the semester to teaching virtually for the second half of the semester. And so with the Collection Due Process Summit Initiative, there was a shift in some of the leadership as some members took positions within IRS Council that drew them away. People were busy based on the pandemic, just trying to figure out work roles. So with that, I found other people that I was working with on a weekly basis. I have mentioned Matthew James and Nikki McCain, that we have been meeting on a regular basis to keep momentum going with the Collection Due Process Summit Initiative, that this year we 
had published through procedurally taxing the feedback that we received when people met in person in December 2019 in Washington, D.C., but it is my goal for next year to have different of the committees meeting on a more consistent basis, so I will discuss that in my plans for next year. And I will admit that with my plans for the Kansas Department of Revenue, that I did not make much progress with that. This year, I certainly must admit that I spent a good amount of time on free virtual webinars. So that is another area that I will mention in my planning for 2021 that I need to scale back which virtual webinars I am signing up for. I must admit when so many of them turn out to be free or low cost that it is easy to sign up for certainly many of them and I have been drawn away from getting other things accomplished. So that is both what I will be presenting at the LITC conference and a bit of a personal year in review as well. I think for a lot of us, the beginning of the pandemic caused a good amount of things to be sidetracked or put on hold. But then toward the end of the year, a lot of us got back on track with things. So I think for several of us, we need to just remember that for our productivity and plan new things for 2021. Hopefully it will be much smoother sailing. So I certainly hope the same for you and certainly that you are having happy holidays, that you have a good end of 2020 and an even better 2021. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.